to the Mission LHC podcast, where you'll hear real conversations with a married couple that are on a mission to help other couples as they learn to love, honor, and cherish each other in all stages of marriage. My name is Heath Yearwood. And I'm Amanda Yearwood. And thanks for joining us as we laugh together and share our story together in hopes that we can be an encouragement to you. Hey, welcome back. Uh, This is episode two of Mission LHC. And Amanda, if you'd like to explain where we came up with the name. So I I guess I'll start with what LHC stands for. Even though Heath seems to get the H mixed up with hope, it actually comes from love, honor, and cherish, just as in wedding vows. And I have a really close friend who gave us a very beautiful illustration of of what love, honor, and cherish truly means in a, in a marriage. So if you like, I can give you a brief explanation of that. Let's hear what that kind of means and where you kind of came up when you were thinking up a name for this. So, so we um, had toyed around with lots of different names for what any potential broadcast we would have would be titled. But um, I just kept going back to this beautiful thought that my friend Diane gave me a while ago. And um, if any of you know Diane, she's a very special person. But um, she told me one day about just really this vision that God had given her about marriage and the stages of marriage. And and this is how she described it. In our first stage of marriage, it's, it's that ooey-gooey love. You know, you just can't get enough of each other. You want to be together all the time, and it's just fun and exciting. And, you know, after you get married, then, then things start happening. Your life starts moving forward. Life gets a little more hectic. You, you start adding kids to the equation, and and that love is still there, but it's it's more about honoring the commitment that you've made. So you've now committed to this relationship. It's it's a marriage, and and so sometimes it, it's going through the motions, but you honor that commitment. And then later on in marriage, which I guess is where we are now, our kids are grown and out of the house, and um, this stage of marriage is more about cherishing each other and cherishing those moments we have together and cherishing even though we don't look the same way we used to look. We, what? We don't? We, <laughs> we, do, oh. we don't quite look the same way we used to, but just cherishing each other. And, and when my friend Diane described this to me, she paralleled it with our relationship with Christ and and really how when you first get saved, when you first come to know Jesus as your Savior, it's just such an exciting love, a ooey-gooey. You want to tell everybody about it. You're excited about it. And then as that relationship continues, you, you kind of go through a stage where it's really about just honoring that commitment. And so for us, you know, it became, we got into that routine of we go to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And so we were honoring that commitment, but it was really going through the motions. And But then later on in that, that experience with Jesus, that relationship becomes more of a cherished relationship where you just long to spend time with the Lord and, and look forward to that time where you will be united with God in heaven. Well, you know, I think that's a good explanation of the name and where we came up with. And right now we're giving the background of kind of how Amanda and I met last 
episode that we had in episode one. We discussed a little bit of how we met on a blind date, and now we are just going into, uh, we went out on a couple more dates uh, for a few weeks there, so we're two to three weeks into our uh, dating relationship, and if you really know, things are going to move pretty quick with us, because (laughs) uh, we knew from the very beginning, but we'll explain in today's episode uh, kind of what we're going to talk about, and you'll understand a little bit more, but... One thing, Amanda, with the different things that you mentioned right there with the name, I think that we will probably look at some of those uh, aspects in different episodes that we break that down and we look at about a relationship and how you go through different stages of a marriage. And then also we'll try to relate some of those kind of things to our Christian lives as well. And, uh, you know, sometimes we take our spouse for granted. We also take Christ for granted. And we'll look at some of those in future episodes And again, if you have any uh, suggestions as you listen to these podcasts and you would like us to cover certain topics, we'd be glad to. Uh, We're no experts on anything. All we're doing is sharing our experiences, just like we had a lot of people that shared their experiences with us. And we're going to be using some of those people on our podcast. They don't know it yet, but uh, (laughs) we hope to be able to come in. Well, Amanda, we've been going out, met on a blind date. Uh, in episode one, we talked about that. We've, we continue to talk despite uh, what they thought. They didn't think we would probably uh, go back out anymore. Yeah, I wasn't very kind to you that first date. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not real smart, so y'all know that. It took me a while. I, I guess I was like dumb and dumber. I thought I had a, a, a chance, even though it was maybe a 1%. But uh, I guess I just wore down by continuing to ask her or talk to her. But um, that kind of leads into the, the next episode here that we're going to be talking about is our relationship and how that it reached a point where we knew that there was probably something special. So uh, before we do that, Amanda, it might lead a little bit into your story. Uh, in the class that we're in, the disciples, making disciples, that's one of the biggest things. And, you know, I we've been married now 26 years, and I just have heard your story I knew parts of it, but I didn't know the whole book. I knew a a chapter or a story that came out of it. And y'all remember in episode one, we talked about a blind date, uh, and we talked about eating at a Quincy's, and I was talking the whole time, and she finished her food. Well, part of that was I was trying to pick at her and find something in common, find common grounds about to talk to her. Well, her sister-in-law, her sister and my brother-in-law had kind of told me a little bit about her being involved with church and different things. So I kept trying to make conversations about church and different things, and she wasn't giving me a whole lot. And I didn't know really at that time that, you know, she was kind of going through a, a struggle with different things and stuff. And so, Amanda, now just tell us a little bit about your story. And So basically what you're saying is that my sister and brother-in-law maybe painted a picture of me that wasn't quite accurate. Well, no, they knew. <laughs> they could see the finished product, but uh, at the time you, you still had some work going on. Right. right. Well, I, I think the, the biggest thing I remember at that time in my life, I had... Um, gotten pretty discouraged on my outlook for what the rest of my life would look like. Uh, I felt like maybe I I had uh, tried everything and and I wasn't going to find someone special, someone to spend my life with. And and so I was really discouraged. But 
a little bit about my background. I think I, I said so in episode one. I've always been a pretty quiet person. I've kept my wall pretty high to, to not let people in, not let people really know much about me. But I think that probably comes a lot from my childhood, which I was always a pretty quiet kid, a pretty shy kid. But um, that, those attributes really were accentuated after I went through a time in my life where an adult in my life that I trusted um, took away some of my innocence. And unfortunately, that, that type of story is very common um, in in our nation, and, and that's that's an unfortunate aspect of, of what I see daily. Um, I didn't tell this in episode one, but actually in my professional life, what I do on a daily basis, um, I'm a school counselor. And I look back at, at my life now, and I think about some of the things that I went through as a, as a child and a young adult. Those things were hard to navigate, but they certainly prepared me in a way that nothing else could to to let me be able to help my students through some of the things they go through. So, so as a child, um, I, I had a great family. Mom and dad, um, great family, always took me to church. Uh, it was a very stable home. Um, but what they didn't know was that, that that adult in my life that was outside of our home had, had done some things that, that really changed me. Um, and made me not trust adults. So, so as a child, I, I became even more reclusive, more quiet, more reluctant to trust other people. As a teenager, um, those those symptoms started coming out as um, being a little more defiant, acting out a little bit. Um, but I was I was so showing some symptoms of heartache. Well, speaking of defiance, uh, this tells a whole lot about you, and you might want to share a story a little bit. Uh, what, what's kind of ironic, uh, Amanda's mom, she is a fantastic Christian lady, mm-hmm. and Amanda has morphed into having a lot of those same characteristics as we go along further in our marriage and as she's growing and studying and what she's doing. But her mom also expected a lot out of them as a kid. You know, a lot of times the parents, they know their kids. They know how to push them and all that. Well, you had chores and stuff to do. Tell, <laughs> tell a little bit about some of the chores that you had to do and about the, the, the defiance that you had. Yes, yes. Uh, now, I, w- I was a quiet child again. I was quiet. But my defiance really, I maybe defiance... A better word for that would be stubbornness. I was very stubborn, and so um, so I w- I was obedient to mom, but um, there were times where my passive aggressive nature uh, came out. And one of the things that I, I look back at is is kind of embarrassing now, but it's funny, really. I guess um, I remember mom would leave us a list of chores to take care of while she was gone to work, and almost always on that chore list was to vacuum the living room. And for whatever reason, I hate to vacuum. I still hate to vacuum to this day. Is I just hate it. I don't know why I hate it so much, but I do not like to vacuum. And um, so my little defiant nature, you know, passive aggressiveness, you know, in my mind, I thought, you know, I'm going to show mom. I, I, she thinks I'm going to vacuum. She thinks I'm going to do these chores, but I, I'll just show her. I'm not really going to do what she asked me to do. So if any of you remember the old Electrolux vacuums, they were um, 
they had all these attachments and the long hose, and it was very burdensome, really, to to try to drag that vacuum cleaner out. But I remember I would take just the attachment, the nozzle attachment from that Electrolux vacuum, and I would more or less paint brush strokes in the carpet, in the living room carpet. I would take the actual attachment of the vacuum and make strokes in the carpet to make it appear as if I had vacuumed, but I and really you, didn't vacuum. And you were really showing your mom because <laughs> in the same time that you went to all that trouble, you yes. could have actually had it done, but it was, yeah. that goes back to it. So that's the reason I had her to tell that story a little bit. That tells you. So that's the lady that I married. But, yes, uh, uh, quite stubborn. And uh, so... You know, in my mind, I was really showing mom, you know, she just thought she was making me vacuum, but uh, but I really wasn't vacuuming. <laughs> but that, but I did all the same work, though. <laughs> right, but we tell that story out of humor, but the, the thing about it is, is that same kind of attitude and stuff has started going into your teenage years a little bit. And so now you pick it up from that point. Right, right. So, so like I said, my, my parents raised us in church. You know, I had a good home life. And um, even though I was struggling with some of that defiance, some of that bitterness um, and unforgiveness, I, I still looked fine on the outside. I mean, I was still attending church. Um, I was being obedient in, in that respect. But... Um, in my later teen years, the symptoms of my brokenness, of my unforgiveness, started really developing. And so I was starting to make some poor choices. Um, and in my early adulthood, I, I got into this line of thinking that, you know, who, who would ever want me? Um, I, I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm never going to find somebody to love or somebody that would love me. And uh, in comes Heath Yearwood, blind date. So, um, again, you remember I have this bad attitude and I, I run people off because I think, you know, that this is not something I want to pursue. So, um, after going out with Heath for a couple of weeks, I started to notice something that was very different about... Um, being with him and that was one thing was I was able to open up more with him and talk to him in a way that I had never experienced with anyone else. I, I trusted him in a way that I had not trusted anyone else and I remember one Friday night in particular, um, this was probably when everything changed for me, um, that Friday night I decided that you know I had not really invested much in this relationship and you know so what if if he leaves too? It's it's not a big deal. Um, so I thought I'm just going to tell him everything. So well, I think in a part of that may have been a defense mechanism for you. It's to almost like when people keep that wall up that you talked about. It was almost your way of keeping someone at a distance. If I tell you all my my problems, my scratches, my uh, scabs then maybe you won't have nothing to do with me it was almost like you know when people we see that in school a lot of times a lot of kids you know we tell them until you can look at that person in the mirror and love yourself you're not going to allow others to love you and I don't know that you were at that point but I have a feeling you were trying to see if I would run as well yeah probably so you know maybe if I I let you see some of my scars you would turn me away so so I remember that Friday night I remember just kind of opening up and letting you know a lot of of my history and kind of where I was and 
um, some of the bad decisions I had made. And, you know, that night I remember when I told you all those things, I, I fully expected to never hear from you again. Like, I thought that would be it. Well, and what's kind of ironic, I'd always been a jealous person and always had things like that would bother me, little things and stuff that I would start dwelling on as well. And for some reason, the things that she told me, it almost just made her more dear to me. And I can't explain it except knowing what we know now. At the time, we couldn't understand it. But, you know, her parents were praying a certain way and her grandparents and different things. But my mom had been praying for things. And I just really feel it was out of Amanda and my control. I think God allowed us to be together. You know, fate may have had a, a played a big role in it. But... There was, there was a lot of moving parts that we couldn't see at the time. So, all right, so you tell me that on a Friday night, and you just pretty much expect that it's over. Uh, and so tell yeah. us next yeah, thing. Yeah, so I'm just thinking, okay, that was a fun couple of weeks. You know, I'll just move on. Uh, I won't ever see him again. So I remember um, that Saturday I was working at the photography shop, and I believe we were supposed to go to a, a baseball game that night. The Huntsville Stars. They used to, was it the Huntsville Stars? No, it was Stars? the Birmingham Barons oh, Birmingham because Barons. Michael Jordan was playing oh, there. Oh, that's right. That's so right. Michael yeah. Jordan, those of you know from the uh, Chicago Bulls fame, he was in his hiatus from basketball for a few years, and he was playing for the minor league team. And they may have been playing Huntsville Stars, but they were playing oh. in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Well, it ended up being my whole family almost was there. My mom and the dad, and we still have some funny videos of the big giant camera. And my mom is filming everything, and it's all my cousins and everything. I don't even know the, the Yearwood family. That's another episode for another day. <laughs> Amanda's first experience seeing all of us compared to her family. Yeah, and, uh, quite different. That, yeah. that'll, be a, that'll be a whole other episode. We'll write that, that down. But... So that day you expected not to hear from me, even though we had plans that night. Uh, so what takes place? Yeah, I really thought that you would probably call me at work that day to cancel. I mean, that's what was in my mind um, all day that day. And then around lunch, um, I heard the the front little doorbell ring on on the the photography shop. We we sold tuxedos and took photographs and I remember hearing the the doorbell ring and it was a delivery uh, and it was a delivery of roses that um, came in the door and they were from you. I want to see. Uh-huh. So I am a romantic guy. Huh? <laughs> yes. But uh, So what was your thoughts when uh, when you read the card or you saw that who it came from? I, I think really I was just kind of in shock because I thought I mean, what's what's this guy thinking? I mean, I've I've shown him that that uh, that I'm damaged goods. I, you know, why would he be willing to move forward in this relationship? So I think that day, that well, really that night when I had shared those things with you, for me it became different. Um, and for the first time, I let somebody into my little world that I had worked so hard to keep everybody else shut out of. So, you know, for me, what what happened next with that, of course, there's more to our dating story, but, you know, we began 
uh, to date more seriously. Within a couple of months, we were ready to get married. And um, fast forward, you know, for me in my life, you filled a void um, that I had. Those, something that I had been searching for for a long time, you filled that void. Now, what I discovered later um, was that although you filled that void, even you weren't enough to fill the entire space. And, and what I found that I was truly lacking was I had not um, asked Jesus to forgive me for, for all the things that I had done and, and truly been saved. And so that didn't happen until I was 24. And we'll cover that in an episode. Uh, you know, that was a powerful moment when that took place. But uh, again, uh, the whole thing that we talk about is how God was moving pieces in our lives. If we don't have the chance meeting, you know, through the blind date, then going in all these, maybe your salvation story is even different. Mm -hmm. Now, we serve a mighty God that would be able to do something because the way he's already moved us and other things, he would have found another way. But it's crazy how he was working. So the thing about Amanda and I that we don't tell a whole lot, so you remember this is just a few weeks into it. <laughs> well, it moves real quick with us. Uh, when we first met was when? So we met the last Saturday of July in the summer of 94. Um, and so that was the very last Saturday. Well, your birthday is in September the middle of September. And so just to put a timeline on it, you know, July, okay, then you've got August, and then next is September. So about six weeks into the relationship, we knew that it was special, it was something different, and it was around your birthday when we decided that we wanted to get married. <laughs> now, when we talk about that, you know how nowadays everybody, to go to a prom, you have all these <laughs> great proposals and uh, to reveal a gender of a baby, they have all yes. kind of things. And this you know, is pre-social media, pre-Pinterest. I, I feel guilty <laughs> about this. This is one of those areas that I really feel guilty about. <laughs> but we never really ever had a proposal. It was something to the effect of, I remember we were standing on the, the steps of the door at my parents' house because you had taken me home that carport. night. Yeah. And uh, so we're standing there saying goodbye. And I remember you saying, you want to get married? And I said, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, there was no ring, I don't think, at the no. time. Uh, nothing with that part. So that is our love story right there. There, There's no big story. There's no romantic. Yes, I did buy a ring, and we went through the, the proper steps. But And you asked my dad for permission and all that stuff. Yes, and uh, when I first met her dad one day, he was cleaning his gun. And knowing her dad, the situation, he had his gun out and was just trying to spook me a little bit. But... Um, that's that. That's another story as well. We could talk about that. I guess uh, managing your children's dating life, uh, <laughs> but uh, it really that when we talk about being together, it was almost just understood, and and that was the peace that we had. And I know that as you listen to this, a lot of people don't have that. You don't have those circumstances and situations. And, you know, we look back when Amanda was talking about she felt she wouldn't meet anybody, that she was damaged goods, all that. Now, looking back, it was kind of silly on both of our parts. I was getting to the point, and I felt like I was 
not going to meet anyone. You at the time were how old? I was 21. 21, and that would put me at... You were 24. 24. I was going to say 24, 25. Well, we thought we were very old. You know, now most people are not even married until their 30s. But, you know, at that time we felt that, you know, we hadn't met that person and everything. And uh, But God God saw us through that, and we're, we're glad of that. So, now that we've decided we're engaged, so we, we don't have long, so then we have to break the news to your parents that, yeah. you know, I did, t- I did ask permission from her dad. He just told us he wished we would wait. Now I understand why he would say that, <laughs> because uh, I have two children of my own, and we didn't tell them this story for a long time, because no. we didn't want the first boyfriend or girlfriend they had to uh, be the one that they wanted <laughs> to get married to. Yeah. So, we had to... Look ahead at the calendar. Now, you were already coaching at this point. So, um, so not far into our dating relationship, you know, we're in this amazing football season. Uh, <laughs> uh, at West Point, we're a typical rural school. And, you know, your talent level goes up and down according to just those classes. And, and we've had good experience that when the parents have been great, it may be 18, 19 years later, usually, there there's another group of kids that come around a lot of times, and that's happened a couple of times. Well, there, there was a group that was very talented like that, and a lot of them had kids about that same age that had come through. And so we were playing that year, and we were undefeated. And as we were playing, Amanda had a routine. She would bring me lunch. You know, I'm teaching, and I had lunch duty in the lunchroom, and she would bring me lunch each Friday. And so uh, that was something she would go by. Uh, for those of you who are in our area, again, Hyatt's Chicken, she would bring <laughs> over, and it was great at the time, and it still is. But she would bring that to me each Friday. And so we are undefeated. Uh, we won the first round of the state playoffs and I think even the second round and we're playing in like the third round of the playoffs which never happens at our place. Amanda thought we were just great all the time. I just, I just really couldn't understand how had I never heard of this football powerhouse. I've lived in this general area my entire life and I'd never heard of the school. So, all that to say, we didn't tell this story for years because that was a very superstitious bunch. I mean, they ate the same exact pregame meal at a house. They parked their vehicles in the same way. They dressed the same way. They did all that. So, are we going on record to tell the truth? I guess we're going to tell the truth on this one. That, that I'm afraid what really happened that year had nothing to do with Cleburne County just being unreal and about killing half our players in the ball game. But... Um, that Friday, Amanda, what? Was I don't kind of really going? remember what was going on at such conflict at home that Friday, other than my dad and I had a little disagreement, and he he took my keys from me and wouldn't let me take you lunch that day. So, for the first Friday of that season, our routine was broken, and you did not get Hot's 
chicken fingers that Friday. <laughs> and we end up losing that <laughs> night uh, in the playoffs. So sorry, guys, if you were on that team or cheerleaders or band or whoever. Uh, I'm afraid that it had nothing to do with y'all. It was more about Amanda <laughs> not bringing chicken. I did not that bring day. the chicken fingers, yes. <laughs> so, all right. So, and then we go into basketball season. Well, I was the junior varsity coach at the time. And whatever I do, I've always tried to be wide open 100% with it. So I had a ball team, and we were playing in a Christmas tournament. So we had to try to find a place or a time that we could get married. So we couldn't wait till the end of the school year. Well, we had two possible windows. We had Thanksgiving break, and we had Christmas break. The next possible window would have been spring break. And, you know, we were just too mushy, goofy, ooey-gooey in love to wait till spring break, I guess. So we decided on a date, and <laughs> I, I end up, again, everything we've done, and I'm glad that Amanda does love me because with no more romance than we have with a lot of our stuff, from no proposal to our wedding date to the honeymoon, uh, the length of the honeymoon time, so we... We got married on a Saturday, and we had to be back that Monday night for a JV... Christmas tournament ball game. <laughs> right. And because I couldn't miss it. And, you know, so a lot of you that are listening to this, if you happen to be some former players, you know, commitment's one thing. And, and I believe, though, that was instilled from my parents growing up, my dad playing sports. You know, I remember one time that family was went to a ski trip in uh, Colorado, and that didn't happen for for us, my uncle and them was going out there, and I could go with them. But I had ball practice during Christmas, and you know I didn't want to go because of that because I had ball practice. Well, I'm sure Coach would have let me make it up, but that was just the kind of guy that you know I was raised. Commitment meant one thing, and you know as silly as it was, it was a JV tournament. Looking back, but I think that that same commitment has helped me and and Amanda both in our marriage. Because, you know, I, I tell you, and, you know, Malcolm Carter has said something before in, in the sermons that we've had, you know, what we do uh, in moderation, moderation then, then the kids will do in excess. And, you know, that was the thing. If, if commitment doesn't mean anything when you're raising your children, you just bounce around to the next best thing, then I'm afraid that same thing's going to happen in the future and the same thing in our lives. So... We were married, uh, Christmas, uh, your mom and them didn't have any time to plan a whole lot, and this was back when you didn't have to have venues to get married in, you got married in you the just church. just got married in the church, and hey, we were uptown because at our wedding we had a coffee table, you know, so, or a table with coffee, I should say. Um, we had the traditional mints and nuts and wedding cake, but we had a table with coffee. Now, neither one of us even drink coffee, but we thought we were something else to have that. Now, I will say, just to kind of wrap all this episode up, so one of the, the, the things that I talked about earlier is I was a very closed person, uh, very quiet person. I still, by nature, am much quieter than you, but um, one of the... They really probably one of the arguments we had, the only argument we've really ever had. Was now this a, is going to let me how shallow I am. Yeah, about two weeks before 
the wedding. Um, now, we got to remember the timeline there. This is early 90s. I had to get a body wave perm in my hair so that my hair would be nice and fluffy. And um, so about two weeks before the wedding, I got a perm. And I remember you came over to the house that night, and I looked like a poodle. You know, I mean, I was, it was very curly because the first day of your perm, that's what it looks like. And um, you were not very kind in your words that you said to me that What night. happened to your hair? <laughs> so, so I remember I, my feelings were very hurt, but, uh, you know, back to kind of, I reverted back to that personality of, well, you know, I didn't want to engage in argument. You wanted to talk it out. I did not. I, I just wanted to pretend it didn't happen. And so that's, you know, our our quote probably of our marriage that you said that night. What did you say to me? I told her if she didn't <laughs> talk to me, I wasn't going to marry her. Because I, if she wouldn't, if she was going to clam up, I couldn't marry somebody that wasn't going to be able to talk to me. Wasn't gonna, I would, I'm the type I would rather go ahead and get it out in the open. You know, I realized I probably said something I shouldn't have, but um, you know that that was that was one of the moments when we think about it. Even in our marriage, as we've had times, we go back to that. Sometimes she understands; she would rather be quiet, but I would rather talk it out. And that was before we ever even knew anything about different types of love languages or whatever. With that, it's our personalities. But that was one of the first moments to know notice that someone was really different. Yeah, and so. We've just been incredibly blessed, and the Lord's been good to us, and, and really it starts with that foundation of our mothers. We had praying mothers that that prayed uh, relentlessly for us, and um, even though we're opposites, um, I think what's important to note is we did have common ground in that we had a common upbringing. We we both grew up in Christian homes that that our parents um, believed in God and the importance of God and at the head of the family. And so, you know, in Second Corinthians, there's the verse about um, being unequally yoked. And and so, when you think about a marriage in general, if if you relate that to, I guess, horses trying to pull a wagon, if that yoke is is off center or unequal it's going to be a struggle but and so i think god wants us to be yoked to someone have a partner um, that we're pulling and moving in the same direction and so even though our personalities are very opposite we have some goals that are very much in common some common ground yep well, that's kind of going to bring a close to episode two. Uh, we just gave a brief, I guess, a recap of episode one and then kind of took us through our marriage. Uh, we did have about a two-day honeymoon, and uh, there was funny things about that, uh, me trying to film with the lens cap on and all kind of stuff like that. But we also looked back at pictures. We had some nice uh, windsuit pants and uh, outfits that were on at the time, but uh but that tells you the date of us a little bit. But as we move on in some of our episodes, we, we're going to be talking about how the relationship does grow. Some of our experiences, things that takes place in our marriage. And again, we'll try to cover some areas that maybe uh, we're going to have some guests that will be joining us as well. I know y'all get tired of hearing from us and we will have some people on that have poured into our lives the same thing that we're wanting to be able to do to y'all. 
So uh, that's going to be the close of this episode. And we ask you to just uh, please tune in to Mission LHC. And uh, we will have another episode coming up.